Amen. Who's ready to receive from the Word of God? In addition, today we're not just going to preach a sermon. We're going to speak prophetically a word uh, from the heart of God to you, to this body, and to you personally. As pastors already mentioned, uh, we do have the heart of an, a missionary evangelist. And actually, we travel overseas. We're an evangelist to the missionary and those overseas, as well as um, what we're seeing, what I described, some of the things in Africa, we're also seeing and experiencing in the States. So we're seeing God do some incredible things. So as the ushers are receiving the offering, real quickly, let me just tell you, I was in California. I mentioned that, that God has opened a wide doors moving there. And um, a, a, a pastor had the, um, had the crazy idea to ask me to preach on Father's Day Sunday morning. Um, and we wound up having a four-hour service. Now, I don't want you to get nervous. It wasn't because I'm long-winded. I'm not. And, in fact, I've got to put it on the fast track here because I want to get you to the altars. But um, during the altars, the people responded, and they wouldn't leave. God was doing incredible things, healing, delivering, baptizing, overwhelming with the Holy Spirit, just incredible things happening. And um, a, a young mother brought her four-year-old daughter up, and some of the people grabbed me, took me there, and we prayed for this. Notice I said we because there's only one star, and his name is Jesus, right? Anything that he does, he... He does it. He gets all the glory. We just get to be uh, vessels that he uses. So she uh, was dealing with autism. And at four years old, she was not speaking, not even her own name. And uh, she was being, being taken to a therapist and just not really getting anywhere. And so we gathered around. We prayed for her. Notice I said this was Father's Day. That one service was scheduled um, wind up taking one day off and then we went uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and on Thursday before the, the services ended out the pastor's wife handed me a note from this mother and the note I used to carry it around in my Bible um, she, she handed me this note and it was written to her from the lady and she said the pastor's wife said you should have this and she said that afternoon, we went to Dad's house to give him his Father's Day gift. And she called the name of her daughter. And she said, right there, as we were at Dad's house, she said her name for the very first time. Now, stay with me. This is California. So, they took her to the therapist first, right, Monday, right, first of the week. We think she may be talking. Will you check her out and find out? So, of course, the therapist took her back, brought her back. Yes, I don't know how, but she is talking. Now, they go back home, and some of us who have had children know and remember the little Fisher-Price things. I don't know if they're still around that, that have, you know, the little colors, rings, and you put them on and build up. So, mom said, go get that color. And the daughter went and got the color she called. She thought that was a fluke. Go get that color. She went and got that color. Maybe it's still a flute. Every color she would call, the daughter would go and get the right color. 
So they took her back to the therapist, same week, and she, they said, we think she may now know her colors. Will you take her and check her out? The therapist came back and said, I don't know how this is even possible, but she not only can talk now, but she knows her colors. Come on, somebody. You ought to give the Lord a hand of praise. He's the healer. So I was in Africa, and a young mother brought up her three-year-old daughter. Guess what the problem was? No diagnosis because they didn't have the means to go to a doctor like this, but she could not talk, not even her own name. And you know where my mind went? It went back to California. So my faith was built by a miracle that happened here in the States for what he would do in Africa. By the end of that um, crusade, the pastor had mom who spoke English. We actually have it on video spoke English and she shared with how her daughter had gotten lost uh, the week before at from preschool winded up at the police station three years old could not tell anybody her name her parents anything like that and so they spent all night trying to find her eventually found her by the next morning but they were desperate for her to be able to talk and to be able to learn so we pray for her faith built on what God had done in California. She testified, my daughter is now speaking. She's speaking her own name. She's repeating words after me. Can I tell you, nothing is impossible with him. It doesn't matter what you came in here needing. It doesn't matter what kind of sickness, disease, ailment, what kind of pain you brought into this place. I'm telling you, like the Solomon, 140, Psalm 145, verse 3, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Come on, somebody. And oh, how great is the greatness of our Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is great and there is no limit to the greatness of our mighty God. And for many of you in here who know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's another part to that message. That great, that great one who is, has greatness is living on the inside of you. That means greatness lives within you. And greatness is waiting to get out of you. So that God can use you to do great and mighty things in all the earth. You are not just, just somebody sitting on a seat. But you're somebody going somewhere in the name of Jesus. If you know him. Because he is great. And he is greatly to be praised. And I say that greatness lives within you. Not just in the pastor or the pastor. Pastors, not just in the evangelist, but he lives in you and he's just waiting to get out so that he can use you in great and mighty things. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I really intended to preach an, another message. I was driving here and and the Lord began to deal with my heart the specific word. When you get to 2 Corinthians 3, just hold your place. Once you're there, Pastor Jojo didn't realize he was kind of meddling in my message earlier, but uh, he mentioned Moses. We'll come back to 2 Corinthians 3, but once you're there, just look up for just a little bit. As he said, many of us know the story of Moses. He told you another part of the story, but I'm in a different place. 
you can find in Exodus 32, 33, 34, um, where Moses is summoned to the mountain. And it's there as Moses is on top of the mountain that the cloud of God or the glory of God settled on the mountain. And there God would take his own finger and reach into the two tablets of stone that Moses hewned out and he would take his finger and he would write on the tablets of stone what we call the Ten Commandments, which by the way, those Ten Commandments are still relevant today. Amen. Can I tell you that there is a difference between the anointing and the glory? I thank God a million thanks for the anointing and we're going to see the anointing move but what I'm here to tell you today is we're going to go after not just the anointing. We're not going to stop there. We're going to go after the glory of God. Because watch this. You can have the anointing without having the glory. But if you have the glory, you always have the anointing. What do you mean? The anointing is the power of God. Catch this. To do a thing. So the anointed is the power of God to do a thing. So a thing happens here, a thing happens there, a thing happens here. And what's dangerous, especially in full gospel circles, is when we settle and we stop at the anointing only as individuals and or as a church, we have the probability of going back to be who, who we used to be. Stay with me. But the glory is the person of God to do a transformation. Oh, did you get that? The anointing is the power of God to do a thing. The gl glory is the person of God to do a transformation. Oh, this, I'm, I'm trying to put on the fast track, but if you don't amen me, I'm, it gets longer, I'm just telling you. And the glory is the person of God. And as I said earlier, a million thanks for the anointing. But often, especially in full gospel circles, we experience, because God is so gracious and merciful, his anointing. And I mentioned some things where his power, his anointing, touched people and healing. And I have, you know, many accounts and things we don't have time for all that today, this morning. but And that is wonderful. But the possibility for us to go back and be who we were, what we were. And I'm, I'm talking safe folk here. Is very possible. But when you go after the glory and you say, God, I thank you for the anointing, but I want you, the person. I want the person of God. When you have the person of God, because he is the anointed one, you always have the anointing. So now you not only have the anointing, you have and the power, you have the person and the power. So now you have the anointing or the power of God to do things, but you have the person of God to do transformation. Yeah. 
And today I'm here to tell you that God wants you to open your heart. I don't care who you are, what title you carry or don't carry, it doesn't matter. God wants you to open your heart and allow his glory to settle upon your life personally and to settle in this house today and all day long that he may bring great transformation that there's no going back. I'm talking about resurrection kind of transformation. I'm talking about Jesus getting up out of the grave, getting a new body and not being the same. And even though he did sit down and eat, and I'm glad we get our new bodies, we still get to eat, but he also did crazy stuff like walk through walls and things like that i mean transformation uh not the same can't go back no going back no looking back i can't be the same person because the glory of god has done such a deep thing in me and there is such a craving that i just want more from glory to glory to glory i want more of him not just more of what he has for me that's good, his hand, but I want his face, I want him, I want his glory to bring deeper transformation, and I do not intend to ever go back. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, there's no going back. There's no going back. God doesn't want you to ever go back after this day is over. Now, I don't know where you're at right now, up to this point but I would say that there are some who are here today who have been in a place with God that even though you're still saved you're on your way to heaven you're not at that place that you once were and I'm human just like you are and there is a pull and a, there's a tug and there's difficulties in life and even Paul himself said I'm perplexed and you know what perplexed means right perplexed means I have problems for which I have no answer for so Paul says I'm perplexed I have problems for which I have no answer for but the important part of what he went on to say I'm perplexed yet not in despair right. to be in despair is to be hopeless right. to not be in despair is to be hopeful so he was hope-filled even though he was perplexed. He had problems for which he had no answer for. I don't know about you, but I stand before you having problems for which I have no answer for. But I'm not in despair. I'm hopeful because greatness lives on the inside of me. He's in charge. He's already ahead of me. He's already where you're going. <laughs> He's already there. And he's got it all under control. So perplexing situations come up in life. There's a tug of that. There's a tug of the world. There's a tug of just complacency to, to kind of flow along with the rest of the church world as a whole. And oh, this body is not known for that. But the church body as a whole is known for that in America. And even worse. So there's this tug and this pull to, to go back. But when God does a transformation, when God brings his glory, there's, there's a resurrection that, that begins to happen. And with that resurrection, there's no going back. 
How many wants God to do something so deep in your life that there would be no going back? Uh, anybody hungry for that this morning? You see, I believe in the moment, and I also believe in the process. It's not either or, it's both and. We need the moment with God, and then we need the process. So the moment with God is in a situation like we're in today. A moment in which God has sent his word and given you opportunity to allow his personhood to come upon you in all his greatness and reach in and do deep surgery in the depths of your being so that then when you leave a service like this you go and build on it in process in your private prayer life in your time in the word in the week and your faithfulness in the body and your being allow yourself to be used for the greatness of God are you still with me so back to Moses God writes and so Moses comes down off the mountain. Many of you know the story. Moses sees the people having a wild party. Aaron falls into their trap. He has them give him all their, their, their gold. And he builds a golden calf and they're worshiping it. And doing all kinds of wild things. And when Moses coming off the mountain, he sees what they're doing. He becomes so angry and mad, think about this, that the very tablets that God wrote with his finger, he reared back and threw them down, and they broke into pieces. Anybody ever had an uh-oh? <laughs> I mean, that's a bad uh-oh. The rest of you acting all spiritual, you're just lying in church, we've all had an uh-oh. Moses had a big one. And of course, we know the story. He prays and God answers his prayer and doesn't wipe the people off the face of the earth, the children of Israel. But not only that, he seeks God and Moses says, or God says, Moses, okay, I'll send an angel. The angel will carry you on to the promised land. Moses says, no, 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 that's not good enough. You have to go with us. We cannot go unless you go with us. I cannot go unless he goes with me. First Assembly of God in Hebrew Springs, you cannot go to what he's called you to do and be as a body unless he goes with you. You as a person, you cannot go unless he goes with you. I'm talking about the glory, not just the anointing. I don't want a thing here and a thing there. I don't want just his power to touch me, even though you're here and you need the power to heal your body heal your mind heal your heart and those things are about to happen in this service I'm seeing it all over the country and also overseas I told you that in places just like this miracles and healing is about to happen I don't say that just loosely I've already seen it in faith it's about to happen I call those things that are not as though they were but we want with that his personhood, go with me. Right. Yes. 
Transform me and go with me. Moses says, show me your glory. No, no, no. For you, you folks that have a real quiet, calm personality, um, Moses say, show me your glory. No, he was quiet. Show me your glory. You say, do I have to, is God deaf? Do I have to be loud? Now, you don't have to be loud, but, you know, even Hannah expressed herself and the priest thought she was drunk because she was going, I need a baby. She's making all kinds of crazy faces, but she was, he thought she was drunk, but she, she wanted a baby. Samuel became a mouthpiece of God. So, show me your glory. So, God calls Moses back up to the mountain. And watch this. This is for some folks in the room. God wrote again. He showed Moses his hinder part, showed him his glory. But you know what God did? He wrote again. He gave Moses the second set of Ten Commandments took his finger and he wrote again. For some of you, there was a time in your life when God was writing on the tablet of your heart, but it's been a while since he's written on the tablet of your heart. But I come here today with a word from God. God is writing again. And it's not just just for the corporate body. This is for you as a person. It's been a while since you've experienced, since you've been in that place of his glory that God wrote something fresh wrote something new and God would say to you today that he that he he knows you've had some uh uh-ohs you've had some difficulties some problems things that we talked about earlier but today he says I'm I'm taking my finger and if you'll let me I will stick my finger into the tablet of your heart and I am writing again no no He's sticking his finger into the tablet of your heart and he's wiping it down because here's something else that he pointed out to me. God writes with a permanent marker, but we all understand that the enemy likes to mimic our God, but our enemy only gets a pencil. Yeah, he just gets a pencil. And for some of you, It's been a while since God has written, and during that period, the enemy, for some of you, has written some things on your heart that is not true about you, but the good news is, it's only in pencil, and on the other side of God's permanent marker, he has an eraser dipped in blood. Amen. Amen. Ha. Ah. He has an eraser that is dipped in blood. And what he wants to do to, uh, this morning concerning those things that the enemy has written about you, you're not good enough. You'll never amount enough. You'll never be pretty enough. You'll never be this or that. You can't get over what happened. What happened to you as a child, what you've been through, the words that have been spoken, the words that have been said. You don't have enough talent, you don't have enough ability. And on and on the lies go that the enemy has written on the tablet of your heart. He uses people and the words and actions that they speak and actions they do. But today God would flip that marker over and he would stick it into the tablet of your heart and erase with the blood of Jesus Christ every lie that has been written by the enemy 
And he would turn it back over and say, I'm ready to write again. I'm ready to write again. Overcomer. More than a conqueror. Healed. Strengthened. Strong. Called. You can do it. Need I go on? You get the jest right. The truth of God's word concerning you. Moses had that second set of Ten Commandments because God was writing again. Now let me bring this home. You're at 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2. Paul tells the church at Corinth, You are our epistles written in our hearts and known and read by all men. Clearly, watch this, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, here it is, but by the Spirit of the living God. Watch this, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the flesh, that is, of the heart. So, notice Paul referenced Moses and the Ten Commandments and the tablets of stone that God wrote on. But he says, you believers, you are the epistles of God. And God writes on you, not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. So that you might be known and read by all men. That means the one who is great and greatly to be praised. And the end of that Verse, Psalm 145, 3 says, His greatness is unsearchable, meaning it is unlimited. There's no limit to His, it's unsearchable. He wants you to be known and read by all men. In other words, He wants the greatness of God just oozing out of you. In other words, He wants... And some people are pray, uh, afraid of this kind of thing. Oh, that's prideful. That would be prideful. No, no. He wants people to say, even if you never hear it, that's a great woman of God. It's a great man of God. There's something special about that person. No. It's not because you ask for that to be said. It's not that you, you set out for that to be your motivation. You just can't help it because the greatness of God is just coming out of you. Because the greatness of God has reached his finger on. Let me close with this. He's also taking his finger and reaching into the tablet of your heart to write something brand new. Even those of you who have, he's been writing on the tablet of your heart, he has things to write that have yet to be written. Because the story of your life is still being written. I believe in the imminent return of Christ. He could come any moment. But until he does, he's still writing. I looked at your neighbor and tell him, he's still writing your story. And every day of your life was written in his book. I'm thankful the book of life is the most important one, that our name be in that. But Solomon lets us know that he has every day of your life written in a book. You have a book from God with your name on it. It's called his perfect will and plan for your life. And God's still writing. He's still bringing it to pass, unfolding it. So may God stir a hunger in your spirit this morning 
Watch this. Go after the anointing. But don't stop there. Go after his glory. And those of you that need healing, while you're in his glory, he's going to heal you. Physically, mentally, emotionally, in your heart. For those of you who need some things erased, it's been a while since he's written something fresh, fresh revelation. He wants to do that today. And those of you who are like me who just say, I need more. Well, I know I'm out of time and I see some of you squirming. I, I just I, sincerely I don't say this just to say it. I sincerely f- feel this in my spirit. I need to share this. So while pastoring faith, um, there's a period of about two years where after being perfectly pretty much perfectly held I had no um, I had no regular doctor I, I didn't have a physician I didn't have a a doctor um, occasional code or whatever and so I um, became very ill they diagnosed me with one kidney stone which I've had that uh, in the past I had kidney stones when I was younger um and I thought, and so so did the uh, specialists that I finally got to sent to, thought it took me three months to pass one kidney stone. Who he said at first when I first saw him, oh that one's, it's small enough you you can pass it on your own. And I'm like, you know, this was about um, going on two months into it that I made it to specialist. And so I, I went back to him because the pain was getting so great. And he, he looks again and he says, you know, this thing is it's too big for you to pass. I'm going, you big dummy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he scheduled surg- uh, sur- surgical procedure immediately uh, for the next week. And um, I was praying hard because I, did, I wanted rid of it, but I didn't want that... that procedure and um, the weekend before uh, the week that I was to have it I, I passed the, the kidney stone and uh, later I got a report because they did another x-ray from the cardiologist I mean not the cardiologist the um, the x-ray person yeah that ologist um, and and they said they said the, yeah, the CT scan, they did a new one compared to the old one. And they said, those three kidney stones you had, the good news is you passed all three of them. So, you know, doctors really are practicing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's a great physician. But dear, after that was over, I actually didn't get better. I mean, those of you who had kidney stones, you know, the pain in the, the back area and, and all that goes along that got better but I became in a lot of pain in my left rib cage area and it wouldn't leave uh, finally my, my wife and a few others talked me in to going to see a regular doctor and um, so I go in and and I'm sitting in the waiting room and the Lord says Holy Spirit whispers, I want you to pray for that lady. 
And I, I'm there hurting my left rib cage. I've been greased down, old down, prayed for, you know what I'm saying, just whole bottles of oil literally poured over my, I mean, just, I'm like, God, are you serious? I'm here to see the doctor myself. So, I kid you not, God is my witness. The entire waiting room empties out except me and that one lady. And I say, all right, you, you have my attention now. So, I, I strike up a conversation, find out the lady's husband had died a year ago at that time. And um, she had developed through this long grieving process and going past the normal time. She had developed migraine headaches and she had one right I see the doctor, he plans a battery of tests, and I leave out the same pain that I went in with. And as I'm coming out, a nurse meets me, and she says, Mr. Freeman, there's somebody here waiting to see you. Would you mind um, just allowing me to take you to her before you go? And I notice the doctor, who's very who's very busy, I found out later because I've developed a relationship with him, that he and his, his three other colleagues have some 50,000 patients between the four of them. Um, he follows. He's Church of Christ. Um, and he follows. And there's this lady, tears streaming down her face. She was probably somewhere in her 70s. She gives me a big old bear hug. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The nurse taps on the shoulder. She says, we never gave her that, that shot we had planned for the migraine, the migraine headache. It completely left her. Now, I don't know where that fits in your theology. She left pain-free. I left with my left side hurt. But here, here's what I do know. My time, my time came. And somewhere... In the midst of it, God asked me a question. He said, Ronnie, do you want a restart or do you want a resurrection? I knew what he was asking. If I would have told him restart, I, I believe with all of my heart that it would have been over. But I would have had the opportunity to go back and be who I used to be. That was in the fall. That, that was in the summer of 2011. I, I was told, I said, Lord, I want a resurrection. So it lasted a few months longer. And in the fall of 2011, he gave me a resurrection. He lifted that pain. And not only was I different physically, I became a different person. I was never the same. And God was preparing in an increased rate what he would now have me do with Dream Nations. After that happened, it was just a few weeks later, I went to Africa and things were different. Miracles were happening like crazy. Things were, things that I'd never seen. Legs were growing. Uh, ears were popping out. I mean, it was just crazy things happening. And then when I went back to the church we're pastoring, it began to happen every Sunday. People began to, began to be healed on um, any given Sunday, 10 to 15 people would be healed. It was just incredible what God started doing. But it wasn't because of 
this person. It was because of the glory that brought a resurrection to a preacher who wasn't steeped in sin, who was faithful to his wife, who was trying to be the best dad that he could be to three boys. But God gave me a resurrection. And today is your day of resurrection. Are you ready? Would you stand with me? Come on, all over the building. I didn't intend to tell that story, but I felt that I needed to. Two reasons. One, don't put God in a box. Because I told you, you know, the story, where is that fitting your theology? Secondly, your time has come. It's your time today. Some of you are thinking, well, I may be like that preacher, like the preacher said, and his time came later. No, no. I believe your time has come today. God has set this up. Your pastor didn't just ask me to come. I didn't call him and ask him to come. God spoke to him, and God set this up. And it is true in a few moments, and I know the hour's getting late, but he told you, Put your watch away, your phone away. Um, a large part of our ministry and calling is the altar service, the laying on of hands.